Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the Off the Tracks podcast. I am your host, Travis Miller of Boiler Upload. And tonight, we are not having Corey Sheets with us. He is actually out sick uh, with his kids. We're going to wish him the best. But with us is uh, Jace Jellison. And Jace, no driving to the airport this week, is there, Jace? No, thankfully, it's at home. So (laughs) I don't have to stray too far. Um, But it is homecoming. Yeah, it is homecoming. So it is homecoming. So Ranger Shuttle. Yes, yes. A lot of people will be using Ranger Shuttle from Chicago and Indianapolis because you can use it if you fly in to visit Purdue and they'll do the driving for you. So remember, driving from the airport to homecoming sucks this week. And speaking of homecoming, our guest this week for homecoming is the Illinois Fighting Illini. And Jace, it looks like these teams are mirror images. Don't you agree? It's honestly kind of eerie. It's eerie to see just how similar both of these teams are, both offensively and defensively in terms of the sheer numbers. Um, I mean, they're within a spot of each other in a lot of the Big Ten categories for points per game, points allowed, points scored, and and things of that nature. So this will be Purdue's best chance to win, um, I think, since obviously. Yeah, I tend to agree on this one. I know I tweeted out one of the uh, stats stats of war graphs, and it was basically split even down the middle. I think they gave Illinois like a 50.3% chance to produce 49.7 chance to win. I mean, it it was just nuts. But uh, you are right. You have, ironically, the two worst defenses in the Big Ten with uh, Ryan Walters involved when he had the best defense in the country last year. That's got to be strange. Yeah, and I think I think the scheme did play a big part because a lot of people had never seen it, and I do think it works well. But you got to have the guys on the back end, and I don't think that either team really has those those guys that they really trust yet because you're playing man-on-man 90-some percent of the time. Those guys got to be rock solid, and last year they had three of them going to the NFL. So um, you have some guys that are – that have played well at times, um, but aren't aren't top five overall pick caliber and things of that nature. Yeah, you're probably going to struggle. And um, I thought Purdue's defense probably would. I didn't think they'd be this bad this early in the year, and I do think there's still time to turn it around. But um, I didn't expect them to have the same type of success as Illinois did last year. And it's really become a bit of a feast or famine defense because I know Purdue is way up there in terms of uh, sacks in the Big Ten. They've got, what, 11, 12 sacks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the front line with Kydron Jenkins and Nick Scorden has been no joke. I mean, I think I think a lot of people expected that, especially out of Scorton. Um, obviously, he was one of the top breakout candidates heading into the year. And then the thing with Jenkins has always been he's been a really good player for Purdue. Um, he has dealt with some injuries. I know last year and the year previous, um, he missed some games and <clears throat> he just never found a way to stay healthy. And now he finally is. And we're seeing his potential. Absolutely. And like you said, with Scorton, he's just been he's had some moments where he's kind of been a one man wrecking crew, which is what Purdue has needed at times. But uh, still, elusive quarterbacks have been a problem. And uh, Tanner Mordecai did some decent running last week. We've got another one this week with Luke Altmeyer, and I know you said that he's got some speed. Yeah. Um, he. So the thing with him is, and I think 
Ryan Walters mentioned this during the press conference on Monday when I asked him. Um, he said that he doesn't know how much Altmaier is going to run because he really hasn't the last couple games. Um, first couple, first two games, he had 69 and 70 yards rushing, which included a 72-yard touchdown run against Kansas. Um, so that number kind of fell because he got sacked so many times. Uh, right. Which, which is another issue for Illinois. I think they've allowed the most sacks in the Big Ten with 15. Um, uh, but the last two games, he's only rushed for seven yards. So I still think that they're going to try to roll him out and, and get him out in space and try to get him to use his legs. Um, I don't know if it'll be to the same level as Garrett Schrader getting 20-some-odd carries, um, but I do think it will be more than, than Tanner Mordecai. I think it'll kind of be in between those two guys. So, I mean, Purdue struggled with that all year, and they're going to have to fix it and, and fix it fast. And he's also had some issues with turnovers. He's got seven mm-hmm. interceptions, but four of those were against a pretty good Penn State defense, yeah. to be quite honest. Yeah, he's had those. And then um, he had three fumbles across the last two games as well. So, um, he, it, <laughs> I mean, we keep talking about it, but like Hudson Carr has had struggles with interceptions and turnovers of late too. So, um, there's even similarities there, it feels like. Yeah, I'm not going to put too many of the uh, uh, cards. Got, I think, three interceptions, and I think two of them really are not on him. I believe one was off of the receiver's hands. The other were, was the uh, Hail Mary towards the end zone last week that mm-hmm. had the uh, pretty obviously missed pass interference call. But you're right, he had the really bad throw in the second half last week, too, that hurt. So I think his running ability is actually going to be what Purdue needs more this week because Illinois is a team that has struggled to stop the run. They're giving up 177 yards on the game, uh, per game on the ground. And Purdue had something going last week in the second half against Wisconsin. I was going to say perfect timing for Purdue. <laughs> getting their legs under them um, in the ground game. I, I really want to see Tyrone Tracy get more carries. Because the most he's had this year is 10. Uh, that was in the Syracuse game. I think he finished with around 30 yards. Uh, last week he had 84 yards on just eight touches. I mean, he's a guy that if you can get him the ball 15 times maybe, sprinkle in some little some, some passes out of the backfield, um, he could probably get you 100, 110 yards a game and probably score for the fifth straight game too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's been on a hot stretch lately. Um, I do think Devin Mockaby's not someone to just discount just because of his one game against Syracuse. I feel like um, a lot of people think he's just going to be relegated to some reserve role and get six, seven carries a game. I feel like that's kind of been the narrative on social media and things that I've seen. Um, but I still think he can – you know what you have in Devin Mockaby. You saw it last year. You saw it in spurts on Friday night. Um, he's going to be a guy. Him and Tyrone Tracy could form a formidable uh, one-two punch out of the pretty backfield. Absolutely. Uh, Mockaby's only averaging four yards a carry this year, so he's a little bit down from last season. But uh, Tracy's averaging seven yards a carry. And that's a case of just get him the ball. Uh, I agree with you. You know, he leads the team in touchdowns with five. And I think that's also a reason why he's on special teams. Yeah, most definitely. And I did want to bring this up because I found it earlier today. Um, I was looking at pro football focus and um, 
so in the gaps to the left and to the right at Gus Hartwig, Purdue rushed for 100 yards on just nine carries against Wisconsin. I mean, bringing, bringing Gus Hartwig back, which I know we kind of referenced last week, or yeah, last podcast, um, just bringing him back has been so valuable. They talked about it throughout the week. Everything, everyone had glowing things to say about him, just about his leadership. And then obviously when he steps on the field, he's an all Big Ten type guy for Purdue. So, I mean, you can already see the impact he's having on this offense and this offensive line. And um, hopefully that can translate into more rushing yards for them. I agree because things were very different with him last week. And, you know, you get him healthy. I think that frees up so much in the middle for Purdue. And, you know, I don't think you have as many of the short yardage issues as as you've had all season. So that's going to be something that's key in this game, especially in a game where both teams are just so even. I mean, I, I brought up that stats of war thing, and it was it was even closer than I thought. It was 50.1 to 49.9. <laughs> I really think that this is a great chance for Purdue. Um, I believe they're currently a one-point underdog at home, but this is about as pick of a game as you can get. And I think Purdue's going to have to be able to run the football. It's going to have to control its turnovers like it hasn't been able to the last couple of weeks. And it's got to get off the field and third down. Uh, mm-hmm. Please tell me we can do that against Illinois. <laughs> I, hey, I don't know, but we're about to find out um, <laughs> real, real soon. Um, it's hard because a lot of the issues have come in so many different areas. One week it's the pass coverage. One week – you're getting shredded up the middle and then you're getting fooled by the quarterback run. It's just been so many different things for this Purdue defense. Um, but I, I don't, I don't anticipate them coming out and, and having some breakthrough performance where they only give up seven points the whole game or anything like that. But um, I do think that they can have some success against a team that hasn't been too explosive in all honesty in Illinois. I mean, they had a couple of big plays with their tight ends, um, couple, like last week. That basically came on coverage breakdowns and um, a trick play. And then they have Isaiah Williams, who they're going to get him the ball ten to fifteen times in a game. Um, that's a guy that Purdue really needs to circle and circle, and then keep Altmeyer in the in the pocket. Don't let him use his legs, and I think they'll be in good shape. Right, and this is a team that has really struggled to. Uh, build leads they have trailed I believe at halftime of all four of their games so Purdue's got to be able to not only get some points up and have that lead okay they didn't trail at halftime last week they were up 14-10 but that was after they were down 10 to nothing Mm -hmm. so uh, this is a team that Purdue's got to be able to get some points on the board early and let Purdue's defense play with a lead because that has not been the case in the last couple of weeks I think I want to see from Graham Harrell and Hudson Card them just being aggressive coming out of the gates. Maybe take a shot um, or get the ground game going with with Tyrone Tracy and Devin. Just try to get some momentum going on the first drive of the game because the first couple weeks of the year, um, they scored on the first drive of the game and and actually played very well in the first half um, offensively. And then – you know, in the Virginia Tech game, things slowed down, and then um, they slowed down for a large part of the Fresno State second half. 
the last two weeks they found themselves down 21 nothing and 21-3, if I'm not mistaken, at halftime. And you're just not going to win those games, especially against two teams that I think are arguably top 25 teams in Syracuse and Wisconsin. Um, so you're not going to be able to do that. You might be able to get away. Actually, I don't want to say you can get away with it against Illinois. <laughs> the rest of the schedule, the only one you might be able to is like Northwestern. Even they're playing well right now. Yeah, Northwestern has surprised me, honestly. I did not expect them to be able to come back from down three touchdowns to Minnesota. So I don't know if that is the credit to Northwestern and indictment of Minnesota, honestly. <laughs> I think it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest. Yeah. And that's what gives me hope, honestly. Purdue gets to play the rest of the Big Ten West. And, you know, Illinois is not looking great. Nebraska is not looking great. Minnesota is not looking great. Northwestern's not looking great. Indiana just needed four overtimes to beat Akron. And I'm going to be quite honest, Iowa does not scare me at all. Now, I thought the same last year, and look, they won by three touchdowns. But, you know, to me, that's a game... Can Purdue go in and beat them in Iowa City next week? Absolutely. They have no offense. I mean, they're inert. (laughs) I think this week is going to set the tone for the rest of the year because um, I think this was something that Coach Walters had said to his team um, coming into the week because a few guys kind of referenced it. But you lose this when you're one and four. Mm Mm-hmm. You win your two and three. That's two different, completely different outlooks on this season. You drop the one or four, you're you're scrambling to even make bowl eligibility. And your two and three, obviously, is still going to be hard, but you have a little bit of a better outlook. Um, so if Purdue loses this game, man, I mean, you got Iowa on the road, who I, I do think they are vulnerable, but it won't be easy. And then you got Ohio State, Ohio State at home, who's going to be in the national title picture once again um, by week and then you got Nebraska on the road and Michigan on the road those are four tough games mm-hmm. uh, Ohio State and Michigan um, even Nebraska on the road you you never know how your team's going to react although they did beat Virginia Tech on the road so um, this is a big week for them arguably to save their season to be yeah I agree I agree but I think it's a game that Purdue can win, and it's just a matter of playing with some confidence, I think. Um, one thing that's I think has helped Purdue greatly is they have just not quit, and they didn't quit last week against Wisconsin. They did not quit against Syracuse. That's going to start paying dividends soon. Yeah, especially against teams that have a Swiss, Swiss tease defense like Illinois. I know Purdue has the same thing, but um... – Purdue can get back into any game, I think, with Hudson Card if they let it fly and they throw the ball like they did against Syracuse. I mean, that was that was picture perfect what you won out of Hudson Card and he did it. So uh, Purdue definitely has the tools. I don't think that their their talent level shouldn't let them be a team that goes two and ten, three and nine this year. Yeah, I, I the sky is not falling in that regard. They're going to win a few more games this season. Will they win enough to make a bowl game? Who knows? But, you know, I think it has to start this week just because Illinois has not been impressive. They've got two wins on the season, but they needed a last-second field goal to beat Toledo. And last week against Florida Atlantic, it was a 23-17 game. They trailed that game 10 nothing, 
And Florida Atlantic was unable to get the ball back and get a stop late. Otherwise, they would have had the ball down six. <laughs> so, and, and they nearly beat him with their backup quarterback because Casey Thompson just tore his ACL. That's right. That is right. So, you know, this is it's going to be interesting to see how Purdue responds in this, but I'm, I'm still pretty confident in them. I'm still pretty high on Walters. You know, is there anything else that you've kind of seen around the facility, you know, people, uh, them keeping their heads up and everything? Yeah. It doesn't feel like any of their confidences are shaken to this. I know coach Walters has mentioned that just about every week for the last few weeks uh, during this little two game skid. Um, but I think all the guys are still confident. Um, it's when you get to November and you're out of bowl eligibility and, and all those things and you really got to find your motivation of what you're playing for. I think that's when teams kind of lose hope. But as of right now, this, the season's still in front of them. Uh, they lost their Big Ten opener last year, went one and two last year and went to the Big Ten title game. So um, I'm not saying that that's super likely, but it's obviously in the, in the realm of possibilities. Um, I also think this week's big just because of everything that's going on. It feels like it's just a perfect storm for Purdue to get their first win um, in Ross Aid this year. Yeah. With the Tiller Tunnel finally being um, kind of officially recognized and, and everything like that, um, homecoming. And then just add on to it is going to be a – it's going to be a huge game just for Coach Walters and a lot of the guys that came over from Illinois last year. So uh, there's so many different motivating factors for this team this week, and um, I think they use those and they get it done. Do you think he has any advantage knowing that he recruited most of that secondary and uh, coached those guys just, you know, 10 months ago? Mm, I think to an extent. I do think that they that's not the same the same defense and some of those guys are transfer portal guys. Um, a couple of them are. So um, it's not going to be the exact same thing, but he knows what they're doing. He'll be able to call it out. And I think that he, he's able to relay that to the guys upstairs and they can make the necessary adjustments down on the field. So um, it's definitely a value, but you can say the same thing of Illinois. Um, they know exactly what he's going to do with this defense. So um, it's just a, it's just a matter of who can execute better. At the end mm-hmm. And uh, Brett Bielema, he had had Purdue's number for a long time at Wisconsin. I know he, Purdue never beat him when he was at Wisconsin, but Purdue's two and zero against him at Illinois. So maybe it would, maybe we just needed that change of venue. I don't know. I, you could have Bucky the Badger coaching up there, and they'd still probably beat Purdue. I'm up at Wisconsin. It doesn't matter who's coaching them. Barry Alvarez could come back and coach till he's 105. Yeah, I'm in that same boat with you. Well, all right. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? I know we're doing so a little bit early, but with uh, no Corey this week, we kind of can just we hit everything all in a row pretty quickly. Yeah, um, I guess I'll give my prediction. I think Purdue keeps the cannon, honestly. I think – I think the Purdue-Illinois rivalry is so overlooked by fans, but I think that these guys really understand what it means, especially the seniors like Gus Hartwig um, and a lot of the veteran guys. I think they keep the cannon, um, get Coach Walters his first win and and the biggest win of his career, um, his young career to date. So I think Purdue gets it done. It is a bizarre, bizarre series because – 
Purdue has won, I believe, seven in a row in Champaign. And Illinois has won, I believe, three. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. They have won three of the last six in West Lafayette. (laughs) Home field advantage means nothing in this series right now. Well, all right. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up for this uh, big game tomorrow. Homecoming. Hope everybody enjoys coming back to West Lafayette. It's always good to be on campus. Going to have great weather. 3.30 kickoff on Peacock. Sorry, we can't give everybody $6 to watch on Peacock. I apologize. You're going to have to with, with basketball. If you if you want to watch Purdue basketball or Purdue football, you're going to have to get Peacock at some point. Yeah. And, and look, I can't say anything about it. I know it sucks, but, you know, make it a write-off on your taxes or something. I don't know. I'm sure. No, do not take tax advice from me. Uh, <laughs> well, all right. So for Jace and for uh, our sponsors, Reindeer Shuttle, Homefield Apparel, we do thank you for listening to the Off the Tracks podcast and Boiler Up.